0: This is Gesher, the program that's bridging the gap between the Jewish and evangelical Christian communities with conversations that matter. I'm your host, Ty Perry, ministry representative with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, coming to you from sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. My guest today is Richard Green, the CEO and co-founder of Clarion Project, a nonprofit dedicated to educating Americans about national security issues. Clarion Project's focus is to protect the West from extremists who threaten our safety and security by exposing and reducing threats through media and providing intel to law enforcement. In 2017, Green founded the Clarion Intelligence Network, or CIN. This network fills a crucial gap in national security by monitoring and exposing extremist threats to law enforcement. Green and his staff frequently provide briefings to U.S. government and law enforcement agencies, members of Congress, and the news media. Through his work with CIN, he has become recognized as a national expert on white nationalism, far-left groups such as Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and radical Islamic terror activities. Richard, thank you for being with us today, and welcome to Gesher. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Richard, just uh, before we begin as a matter of cultural sensitivity, um, I want to make sure that we note that you are our guest, and we're, we're grateful to have you here, um, but uh, The Friends of Israel and and Gesher may hold views that don't necessarily reflect those of Clarion or of yourself. And so anything expressed here is is entirely uh, our own. So we just wanted to make that clear from the outset. But let's talk about Clarion Project itself. Um, So your mission is to expose dangerous extremist groups and people that threaten the safety of America um, and you do that in an interesting way. I, I just was at a briefing that you did at a local synagogue, and you talked a lot about the use of technology and Intel. Tell me, first of all, how and why did Clarion come into existence?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's it's an interesting story. Clarion was not something that myself uh, nor my co-founder, Rafael Shore, ever thought we were going to found an organization. Um, it was really an outgrowth of success that we had had. In 2006, um, we released a film, it was actually the end of 2005, named Obsession Radical Islam's War Against the West. And that film, uh, much to our surprise, uh, it really was distributed uh, far and wide. Uh, There was a special that aired uh, five times on Fox News um, the weekend before the congressional election of 2006. Uh, we had we were number one rated, basically, uh, th- throughout uh, uh, our screenings on Fox News, it was a special, an E.D. Hill special about Obsession. Um, and then, ultimately, the film just caught more and more steam, and as the snowball got larger and larger, as we uh, were distributing it, meaning that we were going downhill, we just kept on picking up more steam, and it ended up that we distributed about almost 29 million copies of the film Throughout America, so while that was happening, um, we said, "Well, let's let, let's we, we've clearly hit on something very substantial. Let's create an organization." And the organization was really in, in our from our point of view, our perspective. It was here to educate the West about the true threats of radical Islam. We felt like we had a, a unique mm, vantage point uh, because we would see in uh, the. Uh, native tongue of many of the muslim leaders of the time from arafat and and many others uh what they were saying in their own languages versus what they were saying in english and we saw the obsession. That was one of the really parts of the film that made a huge difference in, in, in the viewers' the, a big educational point, a trans educational point. So let's make more and more films like that. So that led us to making a film The Third Jihad about a moderate Muslim named Zudi Jasser. Uh, and if we're, if we're hard on certain Islamic organizations during the course of this conversation, it's because uh, they deserve it. But not all Islamic organizations deserve to be um called Muslim Brotherhood front groups uh there are many that are not, and the ones who are not we 've tried to uh, propel and we 've tried to help uh, zudi Jasser was the protagonist of the third jihad that we released in two thousand and eight. He has subsequent to that become one of the leading voices of moderate Islam throughout the world, certainly throughout the west um and I think that the film itself gave him a, a nice platform uh to do that from uh, we made subsequent films after that, and as we were doing these films, actually one worth mentioning was Honor Diaries about the threat of, just it, being an, a, a woman um, in Islamic cultures uh, can be uh, oftentimes uh, a situation that is really, really hard to deal with, right? Um, uh, in, the, in, the, in the West, our Western cultures are teaching us more and more and more um and uh, uh, oftentimes uh, uh you know when i was let me think when i was when i was in my teens i think the perspective on women's rights was very different than it is today 20 years later right and um that's interesting because the human rights organizations that monitor what happens to in terms of equality of, of 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 outcome for muslim women um and that could be in the in the uk it could be in america um, where we have honor killings we have fgm female genital mutilation uh, we felt that was a story that really had to be told and that, that that film was called honor diaries that was released on netflix very powerful uh shown all across the country as well uh and we're really very proud of it uh, of that film and, and all the positive we did for that community as a matter of fact there was a front page article in the new york times that we helped to inspire from a um, uh, we're trying to get female genital mutilation, FGM, um, more widely, um, well, not just make it illegal, but make it uh, uh, understand that it's happening in communities here in the in America, the Somali community and others. And that led to a front page article in the New York Times, amongst other legislation that was helped to pass to help protect women. Uh, so I, I'm saying all that because... It's interesting to know that we have done the most we possibly can to um, really try to help as many people as possible. And at the same time as we're trying to help people, we're trying to notify the public that there are certain organizations that are wolves in sheep's clothing. And um, part of what we spoke about, Ty, uh, the other night was um, with some of those organizations. So, uh, but we'll come back to that so as we were uh creating the organization we also created a part a side of the organization that started helping with um doing online monitoring of radical of people who are quite radical um and if we would come across someone who was very radical and we thought uh, represented a material threat we would hand that individual over to law enforcement. And um would what we call an evidence package, not that the person that I think I misspoke a bit there. We'd handle we would hand an evidence package over to law enforcement and then they could decide if they wanted to look further into said individual or the individual that we had than investigations on. So that part of the organization has been going strong for a few years, and it's really blossomed into a, a really a really, uh, a really big blessing because we have been a part of uh, perhaps, uh, I could say quite confidently, many acts of terrorism that did not happen as a result of people who we had snuffed uh, sniffed online and said, oh, something smells bad about the individual. Let's do a little more research. And then we found out that they actually were quite sympathetic to to, to terrorism and wanted to cause mass, uh, mass casualties in, uh, by either setting off bombs or going to synagogues and shooting them up and so on and so forth. So at this point, Clarion's real mission is to expose and reduce the threats of extremism and to create a safer world. We create the safer world because we make these great documentaries that educate uh, about the true threats we face. Um, and we uh, try to do the most we can for for, for, for for any group that is um, in danger uh, uh, and when it comes to child abuse when it comes to uh, ethnic cleansings and we try to educate about that and while we're tr- educating about that at the same time we're monitoring different forums continuously uh, to f- try to figure out if there are violent extremists out there that want to want to do
0: acts of terrorism I think at the at the briefing that I attended the other night you, Compared what that the side of what you do to the old days when you had a neighborhood watch party uh, or a committee, and the the extremism today, one of the great places to find these indicators and find the the extremists themselves is online. So I know you can't go into real full detail on how you do it, but um, where are the kinds of places that that these extremists and their extremist content are being made available sociologically you have to ask yourself a question right
1: um, what, what what happens online right what, what happens online you're online i'm online um uh, many people uh, gravitate towards social media uh I don't know about you I don't do much social media I, I think I understand some of the uh some of the issues uh it has created in our society um, with every good there is a bad it also helped with, an, with with the Arab Spring that quickly became the Arab winter but it goes to show that, 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 that there's tremendous power almost godlike power in the technology of um, social media but at the same time with that godlike power uh, do we have the do, do we have Godlike wisdom to control that power, uh, and social media uh, through the through through AI um, and the algorithms uh, that that they use. I mean, if you, if you think about it, Facebook. Let's just hone in on that on Facebook for a moment. Um, their profit evasion is have you as intrigued as possible and have you click through as many sites as possible uh, or as, as many links as possible to keep you on their platform, and that way they can create ad revenue. Um, we also know that the more um, uh, dangerous or uh, extreme any message is, the mo- it's going to be six times more likely to get clicked on. Right? So, if it, if we're dealing with a situation where if when we watch television right i don't know how much television you watch uh, i don't watch much of it but the when, when, when i I've, when i've had the i was in the i was in a hotel the other day and i turned on the tv and it was like every it seemed it seemed like there was like two minutes of show and like five minutes of of, of advertisements right <laughs> but you know what i knew they were advertisements I knew that this was a commercial for this th- this drug or 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 whatever it is they were selling a mattress a a computer. I knew it was an advertisement, but on Facebook, right? Oftentimes we get manipulated. We know we're reading information and oftentimes misinformation that we don't even know is propaganda, right? Right. So an example of that is that troll farms reached over one hundred and forty Americans uh, a month. On Facebook before the 2020 elections right so 140 million Americans like that's a huge number and of the if you looked on the the top Christian um uh, pages on Facebook in October 2019 the first I think 15 of them were all run not by the people who you thought they were run by they were run by troll farms right Uh, uh, somewhere somewhere out there right if it was in uh, It doesn't matter where they were, but who was running them, the Chinese, the Russians. And that's a situation where... You're being manipulated, and you have no idea you're being manipulated, right? You can say something about the African American sites. If you looked at the same month, I think two thirds of them were run by troll farms. If you look at American Indian, a, a, a Native American uh, web uh, uh, f- uh, web pages, you would see about the same ratio. So what's happening online is people are getting a they don't even know that they're getting extreme viewpoints, but they are getting extreme viewpoints. And those extreme viewpoints, it's very hard to, it's very hard to, um, to guard yourself against them when you don't even know they're coming in. Just like you, you knew the commercial was happening, but in this case, you don't even know that know the extremist viewpoint is coming in. So we're manipulated very, very easily, right? We're just so easily manipulated in those circumstances. Me, you, everybody, it doesn't matter uh, if you're if if you're well educated, you're not well educated, if you're rich or you're poor, or, or you're just going to be manipulated. It's 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 the way of the way of life. So while you're being manipulated, you're also on this incredible social media platform, right, where your friends are at and you compose things. And you all of a sudden, oftentimes you'll you'll click on one thing. I'll give it. I always give the same example. Let's say you're a 14 year old girl, a teenager, and um, you want to find uh, uh, I don't know um, a, a, a keto. You want to find a diet. It, right, so you go on a website, you go on a, some forum about websites, or excuse me, about about um, uh, about um, uh, uh, keto, and all of a sudden, then something else clicks in about uh, 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 something else that's more extreme than keto, and then and then you click on that, and then you start. Eventually, you go down to this rabbit hole of seeing people who are very very skinny, and you start saying, "Oh, I should be that skinny too." And where, what started out with just wanting to lose 5 or 10 pounds has now turned into this complete dysphoria. Like, you don't know what you're supposed to even look like. Oh, well, okay. That same person starts hanging out on forums, right, for people who don't have a healthy outlook on food. Naturally, right? Okay, fine. The same thing happens in the extremist world, right? The same thing happens in the radical Islamic world. Extremist world and the white nationalist extremist world and in the far left, um, and then as they post, they rev each other up more and more and more, and they become more and more and more extreme. So what we decided to do was simply to, to, to the degree possible, just figure out what's being said on these platforms, and let's see who's saying the things that are the most egregious, and if there's anyone that we think is really could cross that 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 line between. Uh, Free speech, which is it's it's completely free speech say you hate another nationality. It might be repugnant, but it's free speech Um, to saying, you know, I hate that nationality and I want to hurt them. Right. And I have the guns to do it. And I'm posting the guns online. And I'm telling you and and here's the bomb making equipment. It seems crazy. This is what people do online. So when we come across that, this is an evidence package. We report it to to law enforcement. And uh, that has. Helped to stop many acts of uh, of mass terrorism. But let's go back to the social media, because one could think, hey, perhaps there's a way out of this. Perhaps you could just, um, Facebook can become really good at snuffing out the bad people, right? The people, the extremists. Now, I know there's a profit motivation for them to, 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 to have... Um, Um, clickbait. But let's say that they were just altruistic company, they've made enough money, and they're going to go ahead and figure out how to um, uh, almost censor uh, different uh, these extremist viewpoints. Well, what all that ends up happening at that point, I'm not saying that you couldn't do a better job of this, but what happens is then these same exact people will go to other platforms like VK or TikTok or any other of these ones are run out of China and Russia, right? And have you solved the problem? No. You made it a little more difficult for them? Perhaps. I don't know. But, all you, but, but you haven't solved the problem. And as you know, the more you're told not you, you can't do something, the more you become entrenched in that position. So we're really up against something very, very powerful, which is why you need external organizations their are watchdog groups to, to monitor it. And that's kind of what we've decided to do.
0: Richard, what are you seeing um, as far as the ideological spectrum? I know extremism, by its very nature, can come on either end of that spectrum. So what are some of the threats that you might see um, from the far right? Or where is that coming on the far right versus the far left? Um, Well, on the far right,
1: um, well, let me answer another question in answering this question, right? I spoke a lot about uh uh, these troll farms and, and 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 uh russia and china perhaps other nation states um uh funding um uh these troll farms the question is why you know um uh and the answer that i think is most palatable is that they simply understand that democracy only works when you have uh people that can speak to one another Um, I might disagree with you, you might disagree with me. I might disagree with a a, a Democrat, or a Democrat might disagree with me, or a conservative, or a liberal, whatever the case might be. Um, Speaking in generalities, not about my own personal positions. And um, uh, uh, somehow, throughout America's history, we've come to a consensus, and uh, society has worked extremely well. We're an incredibly creative people, uh, uh, and we produce a lot. And uh, if you You know, one of my mentors once said to me, um, he said, do you have anything to be happy about today? And I said, uh, and I took a second and and he said, he said, how about your American passport? You happy about that? You happy about your American passport? And I said, I said, yeah, you know how much people will pay you for that American passport? And I said, I don't know. And he said, I don't know either. But I know there's a lot of people who like pay you a lot of money for it, you know. So we we we've created this incredible society. Of course, we've made mistakes along the way, of course, right? But um, uh, uh, I think the reason why the these outside sources, the Russians and Chinese, who are who are, who are our enemies, why they are investing so much money in social media in order to 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 to, to polarize our population is because they understand you can't come to consensus once you're polarized right so this the, 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 the roses of the rose of democracy they want to use that the thorns of, the, of that rose in order to sow so much discontent and to, to marginalize and to continuously radicalize our societies. That doesn't always mean, well, I'm the the antifa member who's going to go blow up a police station or the white nationalist who's going to uh, uh, go into a party and 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 shoot a bunch of people, right? Uh, but even people who are just become who become more and more and more. Um, disenfranchised and more and more extreme. There's less consensus, right? So you asked, what does it look like? What does it look like to what, what kind of trends do we see online? So we certainly see um, in the um, in the veteran community um, trends. Uh, there are the community is a, is a wonderful community. Uh, I like thinking of myself as a tremendous patriot. Um, I am not speaking badly in generality about our veterans. Very, very, very much the opposite. I have nothing but admiration um, for what we and they have done in order to keep our society safe. They are the tip of the spear, which keeps me and my family safe, and I'm extremely grateful. However, the if one was trying to sow discontent in America, right, and they wanted to create perhaps a civil war, um, who would they go to in order to sow the discontent? They go after the warriors because the warriors are the ones who know how to use weapons, right? Uh, so on the far right, we see organizations like the Boogaloo Boys, amongst others, uh, that are uh, that really think that civil war is imminent, and um, and many of them are 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 are, are ex law enforcement or ex military, uh, and that's a that's a place where we see it uh, dramatically. We even saw an uptick a few years ago. Of um, law enforcement officers that were getting um, the tattoo of eighty-eight. Eighty-eight means hail Hitler, right? So I'm a Jewish guy, right? Like someone comes to my house with an eighty-eight tattoo, uh, and he's law enforcement. That's that that sucks. That's not a good situation for me. That's <laughs> not a good situation at all, right? So um, you know, many of them have had gotten fired once they it became a little bit more. Public, uh, but this is something you see a lot of. Uh, when it comes to the far left, um, obviously it was the last summer we saw uh, areas of Portland being taken over. Um, uh, uh, we saw BLM. Um, we, it, you know, something interesting I'll talk about is, uh, you know, B. I think a lot of the Jewish community and the evangelical Christian community listen to this podcast. So we had a uh, we had a war in Israel recently, right? How many months ago was that? It was about under a year ago, right? So um, every one of us, every one of us, every person who's listening to this podcast, ninety nine out of hundred, right? Um, Was was appalled, and they said we want to be pro-Israel, we want to help Israel, we want to help Israel, and we gave money, and we gave, and we gave, we did all these things to help help the Jewish state, rightfully so. Okay, let me ask you and your audience a question. Right, I'm sorry but I'm going to ask it. Right, how not not you, because I know you, but 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 okay. What 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 has the average person who was willing to give money, what have they done after the war died down, right? And the answer is not much, right? Nothing, not much, not much. So at the same time that the war died down, you know what the other side's been doing? The other side's been talking. The the the, the 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 um uh, uh the far right wing uh Palestinian side has been talking to Black Lives Matter. They've been talking to Antifa. They've been creating kinships. Uh, uh they've are they're, they're creating alliances. And uh, they're doing this on the far right and on the far left, right? I I see people on the far right who uh, seem to have now glommed on to the Palestinian cause, um, uh, and people on the far left who have glommed on to it. And that's because that while we are very good in wartime as a community, they're very good in peacetime creating, excuse me, alliances, and. it's happening right now while we're talking. So one thing that, that that we have to be aware of, as 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 everyone here is, I think that's listening, to this is pro-Israel. We have to be aware that while um, there is a peace time, we also have to be. We have to figure out how to make alliances with people of the like. Right now, obviously, you're. You're trying to do that with this, but you are doing it with this podcast and with having people like like me. And I've seen some of the other people who uh, who speak for uh, Jewish causes uh, on your podcast, and that's that's a beautiful thing. But we we can learn from our enemies, and our enemies are particularly good at it. So 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 we have to figure out ways to number one um, educate BLM people who 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 are into BLM or Antifa about uh, about. Uh, talk uh, slavery in the United States of America is, is, is uh, Abraham Lincoln you know he, <laughs> he said this we might never get over this and 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 he's right as a society we, we, we might never get over that um, uh, uh, but uh, you know what's happening in in in, in many areas of uh, of Islamic societies in the Middle East they still have slaves They still have slaves and for every one slave that came westward two went eastward right and and, and this is it's a huge problem that they that that the islamist societies have to the middle eastern societies have to also come to terms with and black lives matter have to realize that we've been trying to come to terms with it in america for many years right have they even got onto the field to try to come to terms with it not even, they're not even on the field to come on to, ter- to terms with it is this a natural kinship absolutely not the far the far left who are um uh are fem are, are quote uh, consider themselves feminists right so the, so 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 why is it that their uh, kinship is with radical groups in the middle east that do not promote women's rights Right, They don't even allow women to drive parts of it the, sometimes. They don't allow women to go out by themselves. They have to have a male chaperone right? and all the problems that creates in society. You know, we, I'm going to get into that in this podcast. But it, so, so, so those of us who are in a position to try to make some of these kinships and to try to shed a little light, uh, that would be a, a good use of time.
0: Well, Richard, um, if you would, I was fascinated during your talk the other night about the involvement of Clarion in uh, helping with the Afghanistan, I'll call it a debacle, uh, a while back. Could you discuss that a little bit? What happened? What was Clarion's role in aiding the people who are trying to get out of Afghanistan?
1: So Clarion was very critical of... Um, uh, of Trump, the Trump administration, when they made certain uh, faux pas, uh, abandoning the Kurds in Iraq, uh, uh, and we are equally, if not more critical, the Biden administration, when he decided to, to to leave Afghanistan in a way in which any thinking person would know that if it wasn't one week to fall, it would be six months, but but there was no way that this was going to turn out well. So we were cr- very cr- critical of the way it was done. And as we went on Twitter and other media platforms, all of a sudden, people from Afghanistan who were afraid started contacting us. And they're doing this not just with us, but with with, 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 with other people who are doing similar things. But the difference between us and, and the rest was that we have this nice reputation in the intelligence community as being people who can get things done. We can handle large amounts of data, we're organized. So we started creating lists of these Afghanis who were asking for help. And we uh, at one point had 30 volunteers, um, most of them out of the intelligence community helping us vet and create these lists. It happens to be that when the um, contract meaning the civilians who uh, uh, had a military background uh, who were trying to save Afghanis went over there. They ran into a problem with not having organized lists of Afghanis who needed to be um, rescued. So we started providing them those lists and we got more and more sophisticated very, very quickly. And um, we also, in the, in the fog of war, helped them communicate with one another by creating different chat groups. Um, so if one contracting group would have side imagery and the, and the other one would have something else that was necessary, we would make that make that connection so that they could help one another. And of course, without these commu- this communication, that was very hard to. To, to, to understand different escape routes, which escape route was still, was still alive, which one wasn't. Uh, was it safe to use this airport? Was it safe to use another airport? Um, what was an exorbitant fee for having to pay um, uh, a Taliban member to let you go through a checkpoint? All these things with communication, we had answers to. Without communication, there were no answers. So we helped facilitate that communication. Uh, in some total, we helped to get out probably about 2,000 Afghanis. Um, uh, and probably upwards of 50 Americans. Uh, we still get messages from many of the Afghani's. We, we, we had to we had to step away um, for funding reasons, for uh, many reasons. You can only keep a mission like that going for so long. Uh, but I will tell everyone here um, those Afghani's who I gave my personal um, contact information to. Uh, many of them are dead um uh many of them are 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 every every night sleeping in a different place because the taliban are after them and we have compl- not just clarion we've abandoned them um but we at least played a the a crucial position um to help them uh when we could uh the american government uh the biden administration um abandoned them and uh we're seeing uh and we will see more and more um uh, poverty less and less food, more and more starvation, more and more people freezing to death, uh, and the Taliban uh, uh, cannot govern that country. Um, they cannot. They, 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 they don't have that experience. Um, when Nelson Mandela um, became the prime minister in South Africa, uh, a lot of his, uh, a lot of people who supported him were, were very angry that he allowed the Afrikaners to, uh, to, 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 to be part of the government, and he did that for many reasons. But one of the reasons was he told he he told his his peer group he said, listen, we've never run a country before, right? they, they have. We we need their help. Um, uh, uh, the Afghans don't have that. The Taliban doesn't have. There's no one to help them run that country. Uh, and everything is falling apart. Everything's absolutely falling apart.
0: Well, Richard, um, if people want to know more about the work that Clarion does, um, how can they do that? Where can they contact you?
1: So we have a website. Go, just go Google Clarion Project, clarionproject.com, clarionproject.org. Our newsletter is second to none. Um, If anyone's interested in national security um, and they want a one-stop shop, you get a newsletter once a week and you'll have uh, the information about the uh, far left, far right, uh, uh, Islamist organizations, the things you need to know, the stories you need to read for you can spend 10 minutes on it and be just as knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than anybody else uh, uh, in your peer group, likely more knowledgeable than anybody else, sign up for our newsletter right and that is the one thing that i think your audience should do the more people know this information the better you don't have to watch story after story after story all you have to do is get one newsletter once a week and you're going to know about national security uh so that's our so when you go to your, our website go ahead and click on our newsletter subscribe number two of this is we have our films uh, uh on youtube we have our films on our website the ones that we're, the, 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 we have the rights to put on our website watch the films the Number one film that everyone should go and watch uh, right now is called "Covert Cash." Covert Cash, and that's about the billions of dollars, with a B, given from uh, foreign countries, nefarious countries, oftentimes to our American college campuses, uh, and and what that buys them. What does that buy them? Because money is free is not free. no money is free. Uh, some money is more expensive than others, and we have sold out. Are uh, uh, so much of our college, uh, so many of our college students, by accepting money from nefarious countries and then al- then allowing them to propagate their messaging uh, again in a way that we don't even know it's propaganda. We don't know the commercials coming on. It's just our professor that is now teaching. A great quote is that. Um, Uh, Many people have have most many many of us have gone to college to university and you'll see the Katz building and the Schwartz building and uh, So on and so forth a lot of Jewish names on these buildings, right? And you think that that's so great the Jewish, you know But the interesting part is if you go to the actual chairs of those buildings oftentimes meaning let's say we're calling them The Katz building of foreign affairs, whatever, right? You'll see that the chair the building was bought by the Jewish donor, but the chair was bought by uh, perhaps China, perhaps Russia. And so where where the where the Jews bought the body, these other countries' nationalities bought the soul. And the soul of these universities oftentimes now is one that's completely anti-American, anti our values, not pro-Israel. And the film Covert Cash will
0: teach you all about it. Well, thank you, Richard. Thank you for your time. Thank you uh, certainly for the work that you and, and all the folks at Clarion are doing to uh, help keep us safe. It's uh, becoming a more and more dangerous world all the time. And we need we need people like you and, and the people at Clarion to continue doing this for us. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you. and I'll say one last thing that if anyone um, is particularly interested in what I said about um, helping to monitor social media, uh, we have a, a, a big job ahead of us. Uh, and I'd like to expand uh, our endeavors in, in, in monitoring, uh, and that means that we need to we, we we need more analysts. So if anyone if anyone who has uh, uh, the ability to support uh, this endeavor um, thinks that uh, they're in a position and would like to learn more about it, then please go to our website. Uh, you'll learn a little bit more about it there, and ultimately, um, uh, uh, perhaps. Donate to the cause. We'd really, it'd be deeply appreciated.
0: Well, and again, listeners, that uh, website is clarionproject.org. You can find more information about uh, Richard and the work that Clarion is doing, as well as getting involved and supporting the work. Richard, thank you again for your time and for all you do. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Gesher, I'm your host, Ty Perry. For more information about me, visit ty-perry.com. For more information about the Friends of Israel, visit foi.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform to ensure you receive future episodes automatically. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.